0: God good? All the time, yes, amen. So I've got a cheeky little message for you today to pinch that from Pastor Barry. As you may know, during the month of March, we're going through the acronym of heart, which is honour, excellence, advancement, reaching out and togetherness. And Pastor Barry has asked me to preach today about reaching out, which made me think maybe he doesn't know how to spell heart, because we've had honour excellence and reaching out. So our acronym now is her. Come on the ladies. It's one for the ladies today, her. So I'm going to talk about reaching out today. When you look at what it means to reach out, it means to communicate with a person or group of people, usually in order to help or involve them. And as Christians and as the church, I love that, that we are called to reach out to people to help them and involve them to reach beyond ourselves and our own lives and our situations, our jobs, our work, our family, our circumstances, and reach out to those outside of the church to involve them in something that is so amazing. Because I don't know about you today, but I am so glad I am saved. I'm so glad that I know Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. I'm so glad that someone told me about Jesus because today I stand here knowing that my future is secure, that I have eternity with Him. I know that my sins are covered, they are washed away. I know the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I know that His grace is sufficient for me. I know that I'm filled with purpose and plans, and God has great things for me. I know Jesus and I'm I'm so grateful that I know the power of being in a relationship with Almighty God, that I'm set apart, that I'm free. Salvation has given us incredible freedom. And if you're saved today, I want to give a great honor to Jesus to say thank you for the cross. Thank you that you stepped in. Amen. Let's clap and cheer. Thank you that you've saved me. Because every single person that has ever been born needs a savior. They need Jesus in their life. And we have good news to share, church. Who knows we have the best news to share to the unchurched about a Saviour who takes away all of our sin and when we've fallen short, who gives us new life, who puts us on a journey of faith. Faith is amazing. I love the journey of faith. It's scary at times, but it's incredible. And I wouldn't want to live life without Jesus. And I'm so grateful that he came for me. If we could look in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. Jesus talking to his disciples. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very ends of the age." He spoke this to his disciples, and he speaks this to you and I that we are commissioned, we are entrusted to reach out to the lost and bring them in. We have got a a purpose in our life and a command to go out and make disciples, to tell people the good news about Jesus. We have got the best message ever. And yet sometimes we don't share it. Yet sometimes I think in church over the years, do you know what we've done? We've left it up to the evangelists. We pick out those people that are brilliant at talking to their friends and their family about Jesus. And we say, well, they're the evangelists. Let's leave it up to them. But what I've just read to you in Matthew says that we are the evangelists. That every single one of us has a story to tell about the love of Jesus. Every single one of us have got stories and testimonies of how he's just broken through stuff in our lives. How we're on this journey of faith. How we don't want to turn away from it because we know that Jesus is the answer. That he's the same yesterday, today and forever. And we need to reach out and tell people the good news. And part of this message today is I want to help us to reach out in perhaps a new way to see a bit differently of how we view people, to think a bit more about, okay, it's great I'm saved and I'm in the house on a Sunday and I can praise Jesus and I'm set free, but what about them? It's about always looking out and not looking inward, reaching out to someone else who is so desperate for the power of Jesus at work in their life. Do you know Each of us has a circle of influence of people in our lives. I will touch people in my life and reach people that you won't necessarily bump into every day. I spend a lot of time in Tesco's. There's people in Tesco's that I see day in, day out that have become friends that I can reach. We've all got family. We've got friends. We've got colleagues. We've got teachers. We've got lecturers. We've got acquaintances. We've got that man that we see walk around the roads every morning that gives us a wave. We've got the paper boy. We've got perhaps the milkman, maybe a few years back. We normally get that at Tesco's. That's why I'm there so often. But we've got a lot of different people in our lives that we can reach. And a lot of the people that we can reach in our lives have very different stories. Some people we can outwardly look and we can see a great need on their life. We can see their struggle outwardly. And yet there's others in our life who seem in the world's view to have it all together. They've got the great family or perhaps they've got the great job or they've just got everything all in order. And yet on the inside, there's such a battle and a struggle in the mind because who knows that mental health is a great issue at this time in 2019 and people battle with it and it causes all sorts of awful and horrific circumstances because of the mind. And there's people we think, ah, they've got it all together and yet they haven't because they're struggling here so sometimes a struggle is very evident and sometimes a struggle is hidden but the truth is that every single person that you see in tescos at work on your way to work, in that traffic jam, they need Jesus. They need the grace of a saviour. They need to know that there is a better way. They need to know that a God in heaven stepped down into earth and put flesh on to die in their place so they wouldn't have to go through it all. They need to know the saving grace of our father. And we are called to be the ones that go out and speak to these people. And we're going to look at that today in John 3, 16 and 17, probably the most famous verse in the whole Bible. And I want to read 17 attached to it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And I love that because our message of his hope is not that there's a God in heaven who wants to tell you off and say, I want you to have the worst, most boring life ever. But we have a God who sent his only son that we might have life and life to the full and abundance of life. And once you've come into that relationship with Jesus, I can tell you that's where fulfillment is. That's where fullness is. That's where your life is amazing because you know, but you know, but you know, you have a God in heaven who is for you and not against you. And the truth of that verse is that none should perish I love that the heart of the Father is that all would come in, that all would be set free, that all would have a purpose and a plan to be part of God's kingdom. And therefore, if it's on his heart, it should be on our hearts to reach out beyond ourselves, to look a little bit further into our world and our circumstances beyond the day in, day out, and see those people that need a saviour like us. Because I don't know about you, but I can't imagine life without Jesus. You know, if you're a Christian here today, have you ever been through an issue? Raise your hand. Have you ever faced a problem? Raise your hand. Have you ever been in a horrific situation? Raise your hand. You see, look at the hands raised because we're people and we're human and we go through stuff in life. But I can't imagine going through some of the awful things that happen to people in life without knowing my Jesus. Because I know that when I go through the storms of the life, he's in the boat with me. I know that when I get to a point of, I just do not understand what is going on, his freedom by his Holy Spirit comes and speaks into my mind afresh and says, I'll give you beauty for ashes. I'll give you hope. He restores my soul. He's the one that disciplines me and tells me, actually, you're going the wrong way here. Turn around and go this way. He's the one who speaks to me and encourages me. He's my comfort in those moments of where it just does not make sense. But somehow the peace of the Holy Spirit just comes in and surpasses all understanding, and just makes me know that God is for me. His grace is sufficient for me. The amount of times I stuff up and mess up, and God is there, okay, pick yourself up and move on. God is with me always, but I cannot imagine just charting the waters of life without Jesus in my boat. He is for us. He's with us. He's got great plans for us. He's given me great gifts. He's opened doors that no man can shut. He's given me purpose. He's given me ability. He's sent me on a path. He's given me a great family. I'm just so grateful for my God and what he's given me. And yet I cannot imagine life without Jesus. And yet beyond these walls, millions of people are. They are struggling through with no hope, with looking at circumstances, looking at the news, and it brings hopelessness. But I come here to tell you today that we church have the answers and we need to speak up and step out and say, okay, we're going to go again. Because I think like you, maybe sometime, like me, sorry, maybe sometimes you've stepped out to tell someone about Jesus and it's gone pear-shaped. It's gone horribly wrong. You've started to try and explain why you've decided to follow Jesus and why you go to church and about God and all the stuff, and it's gone horribly wrong. So I want to give a few examples of this this morning. One of my best ones is, I'm, I'm quite an ordered person in my life, so... The whole message that Dan had for Becky, I can so witness to, because I do like to have everything in order. When things are out of order, it annoys me somehow, but I know you have to go with it. But when reaching out to some people in the past, I decide that I need to be in order. So I'll start Genesis. I'll go through to Revelations, all in the first sitting. And then i bring out Song of Solomon. I mean, how do you even explain that halfway through? And then Lamentations. That's a good one, isn't it? And there I am trying to express my heart and say it to someone. And I'm going through all the different things rather than just. Just being real with someone. And you go through it all and you think, oh, and you make a right howler of it. And you know it's not hitting home when the reaction is the facial goes from this to... swift exit. And so I've got two other examples to share. And one of them is um, from Lisa's life. And she's given me permission to to share this this morning because we've had many laughs over the years about this. So Lisa was at work and she got friendly with a girl at work and they became good friends. And Lisa had that moment. And we've all been there. You want to tell someone about God and you want to get it right and you want to step out. And it's your moment when someone says, what are you doing the weekend? Here's your moment. So Lisa got the sweaty palms on. (laughs) the dry mouth I'm going to be brave I'm going to be brave I'm going to tell her I'm going to church so the words came out to church on Sunday and so this girl sort of looked at her and so Lisa thought well I have to defend what church is not how many times do we do that we want to tell people what church is not because we don't want them to think that we're a bunch of weirdos or who God is not and so she thought I need to tell this woman what church is like because the woman's face was like Okay, you go to church with a pew of three people in a cold stone building and it's really boring. And Lisa thought, no, because that's not me, because church is where party is. Church is where the life is. So Lisa mustered up the courage and she said, yes, I'm going to church on Sunday. It's one of those new fandangoed (laughs) churches. The word fandangoed came out with no instigation of Lisa. And so I thought it'd be interesting to look up how how Lisa described church. So, Fandangoed, a lively Spanish dance for two people, typically accompanied by castanets or tambourine, an elaborate or complicated process or activity. Would you like to come to a lively Spanish dance for two people, typically accompanied by castanets and a tambourine? And it's an elaborate or very complicated process or activity. It was a fandango kind of meeting. But the good news is, this, this girl got it, and, and I believe she goes to church now, so come on. But I love the fact, yes, the praise for Lisa there, and that she gave me permission, permission to say it this morning. But I love it that sometimes we can get it like that and think, oh, afterwards, kick ourselves. But go again. Another story is from my life, and this is a funny story about my grandma. So as many of you know, I've spoken about her before. She was a very passionate, fiery Christian. She was back in the 50s. She started a church, which was really unheard of for a woman. And she was like, the gospel was always preached wherever she goes. That's who she was, fiery, amazing woman. But sometimes she got her timings a little bit wrong. And sometimes you say stuff out of context and you can be like, Oh, I wish I hadn't said that. And we've got this famous story in our family which we always laugh about. So it's many years ago we were going to Newcastle. Why aye, man? <laughs> like going up to Newcastle then, Chardi's, yes. James asked me if I had an accent. I said there might be an impromptu one, so there it is. <laughs> Why aye? And so we're on the way to a wedding in Newcastle and we're in a minibus. My dad is driving, my mum, my brother, sister, uncles and aunties. And at the very back is my grandma and granddad. My grandma has a hat on ready for the wedding. We're all dressed up and ready to go. We're driving to Newcastle. We made it in good time. Beautiful sunny day. And we pull up beside this park to stretch our legs before the wedding. And we look over, and on the grass, there's some sort of activity going on. It's probably a Fandango when I look back at it. It was, it was quite a lively sort of activity. But there was a load of young people and they'd be talking to some older people and then suddenly they'd go off into these dance movements. This was brilliant. This was back like early 90s. This was like cool. So they're doing these movements and we're like, what's going on? And they'd stop again and they'd talk. And so my dad, being quite nosy, said, excuse me to one of the men. He came over to the van and he said, What's what's going on here? What are you doing? So the man explained, he said, oh, we work, we're a school, we work with children who've got terrible speech impediments and part of the process of helping them to speak and get over their stutters is to obviously have speech therapy, but it's to come out and do some movement and to interact with the public and to do dance and do different things to help them with their speech impediments. So I said, oh, that's really good. We've never seen it before. That's brilliant. And so the guy said, actually, would you like to meet one of the youth that that come here? So they brought this young guy over and never forget it to the side of the minibus. And the older man said, okay, introduce yourself. Now's your moment. So literally, and I'm not exaggerating, this Young man had probably the worst stutter I've ever heard. He made Moses look like he could do spoken word. He was just <laughs> like, it, it was really bad. And so he started to talk. And it was a moment. He started to go, Hello. <wh> and it started. And we were all sitting there. And you know when you're sort of willing him to talk, and you think, oh, bless him. This must be a massive thing for him. He said, my, my, my name is Stuart. And no sooner had he said, Hello, my name is Stuart, my grandmother, who was about 80 at the time, flew from the back of the minibus to the front and went, But do you believe in the Lord Jesus? <laughs> Literally, but do you believe in the Lord Jesus? This young man's face went to fear. My mum shouted, Mother! To, to my grandma. My dad looked round, and this man sort of stepped backwards. And to this day, my dad says, Stuart never spoke another word. <laughs> So he said, "Mustered all his courage, and my my grandma was in the right thing, yes, so that everybody would know Jesus. But the moment was so inappropriate. So we always talk about it round the table in our family. But do you believe? So it's one of the things my grandma said. But her passion is great. But there's a moment, and I've learned in my life through it all, through the trials and the ups and downs of getting it so horribly wrong. We've just got to be real with people. We've just got to tell our story and testimony. Well, why do you go to church?" Well, I go to church because I love Jesus, and this is why, because I can see, because I've had the scales of my eyes removed to see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes to God except through the Son. You know, I get to tell people the truth of why I love Jesus, of what he's done for me, of the path I'm on. Yeah, I have horrible moments, and yes, I have upset, and yes, I have hurt, and I have issues, but... Jesus is for me and I'm on this journey of faith and I'm going somewhere and I'm going to run my race well in attempt to claim the prize. And so you just be real with people. Just got to talk to people as it is. Because have people encountered the authentic Jesus when they meet you? Because we carry a fragrance of God wherever we go. We are his hands and feet. We are the ones that are going to reach people by our testimonies, by reaching out and telling people of the wondrous work of God in our lives. And so it's us that are doing it. And often people come to me and say, well, what's my purpose in life? And we all have a different purpose. But there is one purpose that is un- that is unanimous to all of us. And it's found in Matthew 5, verses 13 to 16. I've got this in the message because I love this version of it. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We go in public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to the to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I love that. We can bring God flavors wherever we go. Yeah. That we can show people the way and we don't have to be judgmental. We don't have to be condemning because that's actually not what we're called to be at all. We're called to show people the grace of God because he saved a sinner like me and therefore he can save anyone. We're called to go and just tell people the good news and the blessing of who Jesus is. We need to go out and speak up. Sometimes we get fearful, don't we? Or well, what are they are going to say? But what's the worst they could say? At the end of the day, we've delivered the truth that God is for you, that he has a plan and a purpose for your life. God will help us reach out by his Holy Spirit. And I've also learned this, that sometimes you don't actually have to say anything because the Holy Spirit at work in you as a Christian can speak volumes without you even opening your mouth. And this happened to me years ago. I was in a work situation in an office, and it was a really, really busy environment. And we used to have to go in at seven in the morning and leave eight at night. And it was really full on. It was a horrible um, workload. Everything was stressed. It was one of those real stressed offices where if you need the toilet, you literally had one minute and ten seconds to go to the toilet and be back again because you needed to be back at your desk. And it was a really stressful environment. And one day, I went for my toilet break. I did it in one minute, nine seconds. And so I came back in good time. And as I came back... (laughs) As I came back, I walked past a colleague's desk. And as I walked past, she grabbed my arm and she said, just stop there a minute. I said, okay, thinking, oh, no, what have I done wrong on the computer? And she said, just stand there. She said, I don't know what it is, but when you walk past, this peace just lands on me in this horrible situation. Just stand there for a minute. So I was like, thank you, God. So I stood there and I put my hand on her shoulder. I stood there for one minute, 10 seconds. As I put my hand on her shoulder, she didn't know, but I was praying for her. And I walked away, she went, oh, I feel so much better now. The Holy Spirit, he's at work in us. He wants to draw people through us. He wants to use people like you and me, imperfect people that get it wrong and stuff it up and say the wrong thing. But his power at work in us will reach people. And all we've got to do is be bold. Sometimes we need to just pray. Sometimes we need to speak. Sometimes we need to put an arm around and comfort when someone's going through something. But the Holy Spirit will guide us and help us. As it said in the previous verse in Matthew 28, that he is with us to the end of the earth the end of the age. He's with us constantly. So you don't go it alone when you're speaking to someone. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit. We've just got to keep sowing seeds wherever we go. You know, have you got that family member or that friend that you have prayed for for years after year after year and you still see no difference? You still think it's not getting through. Are they ever going to be saved? And you keep praying and you keep talking and it doesn't seem to shift. But I want to tell you to keep praying and keep talking and keep pushing on because the harvest will come. Because you never know what other seeds are being planted in that person's life. Someone at their work could be praying for them. Somebody that they meet in the coffee shop could talk to them about Jesus and that this it's almost like the harvest will keep coming because the seeds keep getting sown. And sometimes we don't realise where we're sowing the seeds that the harvest is going to come. But if each of us says, okay, I'm going to put my light on the stand and I'm going to shine and I'm going to speak out a little bit more, we could be sowing seeds into your family member that you've been praying for for years. But there's that tipping point of suddenly the shoots start to grow and something blossoms and the harvest comes. And interesting enough, I was talking to Dad to me, Terry to you yesterday, and we were talking about the garden and he said, you know, I tried to grow some snowdrops and I got all the pot ready. I put the great soil in. I got my miracle grow. I got everything ready to grow these seeds and I kept looking out and there was nothing. And I kept looking out and there was nothing. I did everything by the book. Gardener's World. He's got the magazine, everything subscription. He said, "I kept doing it. I've got the green fingers, but nothing was happening." He said, "But down the side passage of the house, near where the bin is, I chucked the pot that the snowdrops are coming just on the ground." And what's happened? The snowdrops have grown in the place. I never intended them to grow. He said, and they're beautiful down the side of the passage that nobody can see, but not in my pot. But they're the seeds that he just had thrown like that. Hadn't even thought that they were there. And I want to tell you, sow seeds wherever you go. Wherever you go, bring that ray of Jesus with you and just keep telling people because you never know who needs to hear Jesus at that moment. That woman at the bus stop that you see every morning, you say, good morning, it's awkward, bus is late, weather's nice, we do all the Britishness of talking. They say, you know, I had a really good time at church yesterday. Yeah, there's this crazy woman on the stage. She spoke this message, but it, but it impacted me. And we had an amazing time of worship. And you just start to sow seeds. You don't know who you're speaking to. You don't know the people that are ready for the plucking of Jesus to come in and radically change their lives. Everyone needs an encounter of Jesus. Whether they know it or not, many would think, I'm fine, I do not need God. But there will be that moment where you do need God. Everybody needs a saviour. Everyone needs salvation. Everyone needs eternity with Jesus. And we can keep sowing seeds. There's a packet of seeds I saw the other day with sunflowers. And it said on them, sow a little bit of sunshine wherever you go. And it made me think, yeah, let's do that because we've got the best news. Let's not keep it hidden. Let's step out. And even if we get it wrong, and even if somebody gives us that look, let's keep going for it. In Matthew 9, verses 37 to 38, it's in the English Standard Version. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And I love it what that verse says. It's sad in many ways, but I love the fact that we have an opportunity because it's saying the harvest is plentiful. Actually, there are people that are ready for the plucking for the gospel of Jesus. There are people that are just waiting to hear the good news but my labour is a few. No, because we've left it up to the two evangelists we have in church. But how about the 150 people that know who Jesus is and know what salvation means that can go out and sow their seeds to bring about that sunshine so that people might be turned around for Jesus. Your words can mean death or life to someone's situation. And all we need to do is speak up. And I love the way it says, pray earnestly to the Lord. And it got me thinking, and this is just to make you think in your mind today, but how many of us honestly this week I'm not going to do a show of hands have prayed for the lost in Colchester how many of us have got on our knees before God and say I want to see salvation in this town I want to see it in my workplace in my family in my friends who is honestly with that real earnestness, said God I want to see salvation I want to see the lost saved I want to see church buzzing with so many people coming to hear about this Jesus Because the truth is probably not many of us, but we're called to pray. And I was encouraged recently by a friend of mine. She goes to a different church in Colchester. And she talked about how she suddenly got overcome with this passion to pray for the youth of our town. So she was driving around in the car, had the radio on listening to statistics about youth, you know, think all the knife crime that's going on, the different things that are on offer for our youth, the stuff with the internet. There's so much on offer for the young people at the moment and not much of it is pointing towards Jesus. And she said she had this burden on us, on her heart to start to pray for the youth, for the young people in our town. And she was driving past one of the senior schools and she said the Holy Spirit just spoke to her and said, I want you to pray for that school. So she she pulled the car over and she started to pray for that school. And she got so passionate about praying for the youth in that school and for the teachers and for the things that are going on that when she got home she got out a map of Colchester and she got pins and she started to pin every secondary school and every college in Colchester and she started to pray for them. She said, I can't stop praying for them and my map's up in my room and I keep praying and declaring that they will know Jesus that all this stuff that is on offer by the enemy that they will see the real genuine Jesus the authentic Jesus and she started praying. But that's one woman I know of in Colchester that is doing that that has told me that but what if each of us said I want to pray for the schools in this town. I want to pray for the university. I want to declare that there'll be so many young people that say actually enough is enough of all this stuff. I'm going to follow Jesus. But it starts with prayer people. It starts with praying earnestly and pushing through some stuff and saying okay it's not about me. I'm saved. I know where I'm going. It's not about me. It's about them and getting on our knees before a God whose desire is that none should perish and say God help me and empower me and show me the way to pray and to reach these young People. give me the language give me the discernment let me know the time to say things and not to say things show me Lord God let me be your hands and your feet let me have that God flavor to bring about blessing in people's lives that so they will come into this wonderful relationship that I have with you because I could not imagine life without you I could not imagine life without Jesus let's keep reaching out to the lost Let's keep having the invite culture. I think we're pretty good at church of inviting people. But I want to say, can you invite people a little bit more? You know, we have the typical services, don't we? Easter and Christmas that somebody might come to. Or we have the service where you can persuade someone to come to. Your grandchildren are performing on the stage. You must come. Okay. Lure them in with the grandchildren one. (laughs) Get them to church. We've got Movie May coming up, and that's going to be an amazing month where we actually, the preacher will show clips of films, big blockbuster films, and talk about Jesus through the films because who knows that God speaks to people through movies? <laughs> who knows he uses that to draw people in? And we're going to have popcorn. We're going to make it like a cinema. There's going to be pictures up of your favourite film stars. Hold it, ladies. <laughs> so it could be. it's going to be an amazing time, but could you invite someone? Because it got me thinking about invitations. You know, if my friend tells me about an amazing party she's having in two months' time, she's told me about the venue. She's told me about the theme it's fancy dress. She's told me about the food she's got the caterers in. She's told me about the drinks she's going to have. There's going to be a magician. There's going to be entertainment. She's told me all about it. But until she says it's on the 27th of March at 6 30, here's your invitation, I'm not going to go. I'm not just going to turn up and expect her to say, come in, I want to be invited. And how many times in church do people know that we go to church, but each week do we do the text or do we phone them and say, would you like to come? Because there's not many people that wake up on a Sunday morning who are unchurched who say, oh, I think I'll go to church today. (laughs) Brilliant, off I go. Now they probably say, oh, I'll go to B&Q or next at home. They don't make a decision to go to church. But if you've invited them, they might just come. But what we tend to do is, I've done this myself, you invite them the once, or twice, the three, the four times, you keep getting knocked back, so you won't bother again. But what if on the 11th time they decide to come to church and they come to church and they have an encounter with Jesus that changes the course of their life for eternity? We need to keep inviting. So keep inviting people. In 1934 in North Carolina, there was a young farm boy at the age of 16 who was persuaded persuaded is the word here by his friend to attend a meeting and the meeting was with this evangelist who'd come to town called Mordecai Ham and he came good name by the way Mordecai Ham honey roast it's like Mordecai see what the fast did to me I'm craving ham but Mordecai Ham and this young boy was like okay I'm on a farm got nothing better to do I will attend this meeting And this boy attended this meeting and at the age of 16, he had an encounter with Jesus and he got radically saved and the course of his life was changed forever because he then went on to preach to millions of people and he saw millions of people follow Jesus and give their hearts to him and his name was Billy Graham, probably the most renowned evangelist of our generation and our time, Billy Graham. But a 16-year-old boy was persuaded to go to church. Who can you persuade to get into church? Who can you say, I'll take you out for lunch afterwards, I'll buy you the roast dinner if you just come to church? Who can you do that to so that we keep inviting people, so that we can say, come in and taste and see that God is good? The Alpha Course starts on Tuesday. Who have you invited to the Alpha Course? Who are you going to say, I'll come come with you to it? You might not need to go on it, but it refreshes you and you'll bring someone. It's here, 7.30 on Tuesday. It's going to be an amazing time. Who can you just say, do you fancy coming? They might just say, do you know what? I'm going to give that a go. Keep inviting people because you never know what is on the other side of that invitation. God's heart is a heart of all-inclusive Many of us have probably experienced the all-inclusive holiday. And every time you go on that holiday, I keep thinking, well, we need to pay for dinner. But you've got the band. You can go up and you can have as much as you want because it's all-inclusive. And our God is all-inclusive. And he says, come and have as much as you want. If I could ask the band to come up, please. But his heart is all-inclusive for us. And I love it in John 10, verses 14 to 16. Jesus speaking. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them in also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. I just think it's such a beautiful piece of scripture there, because Jesus speaking as the Good Shepherd, saying, My sheep know my voice and I have my sheep and they know me and they're in communication with me. But I have other sheep that aren't yet in the pen. He's talking about the lost that are out there. Those who aren't yet in an amazing church on fire for Jesus. Those who aren't in a place of knowing that their sins can be set free forever and they can be made right with God. And as we know in the Bible that the good shepherd, when the 99 are safe and they're locked up and ready for the night, he steps out into the fields, into the thickets in all sorts of weather and all sorts of terrain. And he goes out to find the sheep that is stuck in the thicket. And he says, you're worth going after. And I will bring you in. I must bring them in also. And I want to pray that as we're doing the whole thing about heart and even what heart means, that we would get stirred in our hearts, church, to say, I must go out and bring them in also. Because who's on the outside looking in at your life thinking, I wish I could have a bit of that, but I don't know how to access it. Well, come to church and find out who my Jesus is. And do you know what he's done for me? I want to pray that we would reach out to those outside of the pen and draw them in. And the people I mentioned this morning, people that I see regularly, people at the school gate, people I see at work, people I see as I'm doing my shopping, the woman in the post office as I pay my money in and I talk to her, I've seen them in a different light of when I've prepared this message, because they're not just people that are lost, but they're people who have so much gifting on their lives that they don't even realise it yet that there's purpose and there's potential and there's things that God has placed right down on the inside of them but they have no idea are there yet because they've not come into relationship with Him. And yet when their eyes are opened and they come into relationship and they go on a journey of finding out who this Jesus is, they start to feel that fulfillment because their gifts come out. I wonder how many 16-year-old Billy Grahams there are in the schools in Colchester. I wonder how many men and women who are called to preach the gospel aren't yet sat in church because they're just getting on with their daily lives and they have no idea of who this Creator is and how He wants to have a relationship with them. I wonder if our hearts can be stirred up this morning, actually, it's about them and not about me. That we can have a change of mindset to see, to reach and bring them in. That we're called to be His hands and feet. And each of us have the ability to do that if we just step out. We need to see, pray and reach. I want to encourage you this week to pray for your town, to pray for your families and your friends, the ones who keep saying, no, 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 not interested. Keep praying because the prayer pot starts to tip over and it starts to pour out and the hearts will begin to soften and people will come into relationship with Jesus. And I've asked the band, we're going to worship together now, to a song by Hillsongs called Whole Heart. We did it a couple of weeks ago, and it really impacted me when I was worshiping to it, because it's all about how God has saved us, that once we're broken, but He's made our whole heart whole again. And I thought, that's brilliant. Thank you, Jesus, that I know that. But more than that, when we sing it today, I want you to sing it on behalf of the lost that don't know Jesus, because there's so many people who are outside of the pen that I'm dreaming of seeing them standing here and saying, Why? Once I was lost, but you made my whole heart whole again. That you've come and delivered and set me free. There's so many more people will have a testimony and a story to share of the goodness and the greatness of a saviour who laid it all down for them. And I'm going to read you some of the words and then we will worship together. But I want to believe this for the lost, for the youth, for those not yet in the pen, that they will sing this. Once I was broken, but you loved my whole heart through sin has no hold on me because your grace holds me now and that grace owns the ground where the grave did where all my shame remains left for dead in your wake you crashed those age old gates you left no stone unturned you stepped out of that grave and shouldered me all the way it's your desire this morning that many more would know the goodness of our God and come into relationship with him because let's sing this on behalf of those who aren't yet singing it Amen.
1: Come on, let's rise to a fee and worship together. Amen. That created the heavens in me now Where the grace runs as deep as your scars You pulled me from the clay You sent me on a rock You called me by your name Made my heart all again Lifted up, and my knees know it's all for your glory, that I might stand with more reasons to sin than to fear. You pulled me from the grave. You set me on a rock. You called me by your name. May my heart again. Here I stand, high in surrender. I need you now. Hold my heart now and forever. My soul cries out. Once I was broken, you love my whole heart has no hold on me cause your grace holds me down and that grace holds the ground where the grave did well all my shame remains left the dead in your way you crash those age-old case. you left Stands out of that grave so to me all the way So here I stand High in surrender I need you now Hold my heart Now and forever My soul cries out once I was broken, you loved my whole heart through, sin has no hold on me, cause your grace holds me
2: now. you them forgiven. forgive it. forgiven.
1: Look at my chains are now. Death has no hold on me. Because your grace rose everywhere. And... Come on, Chess, let's declare one more time healed and forgiven.
2: Healed and forgiven.
0: church I believe there's a response how many of us have a heart that breaks for the lost how many of us have family and friends and teachers and work colleagues that don't yet know Jesus show me your hands you know someone who doesn't yet know Jesus so my question today is will you cry out for the lost with me today Will you cry out for those who are not yet safe in the pen? Will you let your inhibitions go and and cry out the names of the people in your world and on your heart that don't yet know Jesus? Because the truth is, without Jesus, they won't see eternity. They can't be forgiven and set free that they'll be holding on to their chains. But I don't know if you feel stirred like me this morning. I want to see chains broken off my family and my friends. I want to be people who are on a road at the moment without Jesus to come into relationship with Jesus. I want to reach out into the world, and to people and see them set free. So if that's you this morning, I want to do something a bit different this morning in church because I love different but I want to ask you, if you're willing, I want you to start to call out the names of those people in your lives. Or if you don't have specific names, call out the names of schools and businesses and churches and, and for people to be set free in this town. I want you to call upon the God who saves and heals and sets free that we might see more salvation today. So call them out with me. We want to call out the names of God. want to see salvation, Father God. Want to call. a journey of life with you Lord oh God thank you Jesus I want to encourage you to keep praying to keep praying and sowing seeds to keep speaking and reaching out so that the lost will be found but maybe today this morning you say well I'm one of those lost and I want to be found I want to give you an opportunity if you've never given your heart to Jesus before and you want your journey to start today I want to give you an opportunity. But also if you feel far away from God that you once had come into relationship with Him and you think it's all gone by the wayside and you want to come back, I want to give you an opportunity because I want to pray with you today. So with every eye shut, if that's you, just raise your hand up high for me today so I know who I'm praying with. If you want to come into relationship with Jesus or you want to come back to Him, put your hand up high because I want to pray for you There's salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you to people who are responding here this morning. Thank you, Jesus. We will see salvation in its fullness in your house, Lord God. So I'm going to pray a line, and I want you to pray with me. Thank you, God, for sending your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you died so that I might live. I'm sorry for all my sin and all I've done wrong. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you invite me to start a brand new life with you. And I will follow you all of my days. Thank you that you reached into my life and have set me free. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's have some round of applause for people responding this morning. Thank you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.